Well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I have a question for you all. It's raining outside. It's cloudy. Is the sun still shining? Ah, y'all are some smart folks. Amen. Welcome to Lake Haven Church. Yes, the sun, S-O-N, is the light of the world. And he's the light that's in our hearts. So we welcome you this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome those that are here. And of course, those that are watching live stream online. Welcome to Lake Haven Church. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 352-441-3016. And we welcome our guests. If we have any guests here this morning, thank you for joining us, coming through the rain and through the clouds to Lake Haven Church. Please text the word GUEST also to the same number, 352-441-3016. And I'm holding a nice mug in my hand. There's a lot of people like these mugs. A lot of people want these mugs. But our guests get these mugs. So if you are a guest, do not forget to pick up your free mug, nice mug, at the information booth on your way out before you leave. Ah, yeah, he's a smart man there. <laughs> it's a good mug. Like I said, it keeps your cold stuff cold and your hot stuff hot. Those that are watching live stream, you can text the word online to the number that's on your screen. And of course, those that are here that's like, T, I don't text, I don't do none of that stuff, I'm old-fashioned, go ahead and grab one of those connection cards in the chair back in front of you. I'm excited about today, I'm excited about every day, but especially today because uh, the last two days has been great. We've had an awesome time. And uh, so before we get into the word, let's get into some worship, amen. Just going to ask you to stand if you're able to stand. And let's praise the Lord together as a family. Those that are here and those that are watching online, amen.
I pray that is, I pray that that's the prayer of your heart this morning. I pray that's the prayer of your heart. Just you can be seated where you are, but just keep your hearts engaged here for a moment. As if it takes lifting your hands or just keeping your eyes closed for a moment. But we are we who call Jesus Lord. We who proclaim the name Lord to the name of Jesus. And we say, Lord Jesus, bring new wine out of me. I'm a willing vessel. I'm a surrendered vessel to you. Break up that old, hard, crusty soil of my heart. And I surrender to that process. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing inside my heart, afresh and renewed. And just pray this prayer with me in your heart. Just say, Lord, I open myself to what you have for me today. I have ears to hear what you're saying. I receive willingly that which you have for me today. And I'm willing to take the next step in my journey with you. I surrender to your Lordship in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is such a good friend and such a great helper. Um, and uh, uh, we've got a great weekend here ahead of us. Well, we've coming to the end of us. Sorry, this we've had a great weekend with Nate being with us. And, and um, we're going to be receiving an offering, um, our standard weekly offering, a, as we normally do. Uh, we, um, at this time of the service, well, we don't really pass the buckets. But we do take a second offering. We receive a, a, a second offering for a guest speaker. And when, um, as we know... Um, um, Nate is just a gift to the body of Christ. I have been, I, I was with Nate, I, I've said this for the last few weeks, but I was with Nate in Myanmar earlier this year, and we got back just before, sort of as the COVID thing was shutting things down. And, and it's evident when you're with the gift of an evangelist. And as you know, I traveled with an evangelist for 10 years of my life, and I love seeing the office of an evangelist in person. I think it's one of the most exciting ministry offices to be part of. And, and, and as we know, Ephesians 4 says, God has given us fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, so that we can be equipped. Say the word equipped. Equipped. We can be equipped to do the work of the ministry, and, and we can surrender to that. And, and I just had such a sense that God has got this time, and I knew it was going to come later on the year, and, and, and this is the month that, that we are surrendering to that equipping and that impartation that we have. So, Nate, we're so glad that you, you came and left your family. Well, most of your family, thank you. Uh, little, his daughter, Amelia, is here with us. And, um, but, but, you know, really, just draw, just draw on that gifting. Nate, Nate was here um, uh, Friday night, and, and he started, and we had about 50 people crammed into the coffee shop. So, thank you. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then we did um, yesterday, yesterday morning, we did a couple sessions, and, and we do have some raw recordings of that because we just used a little personal recorder. But um, it, was, it was excellent. I tell you what, um, it's just the, the gift of the evangelist, as you're going to hear today, too, is, is just a marvelous thing that we need to, to, to avail ourselves to. Um, but um, this scripture, Nate and I were talking this week and uh, this weekend, and this scripture has come to mind, Philippians 1, with regards to Paul's ministry. And he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He's writing to the Philippians in chapter 1 of Philippians. He says in verse 3, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He's writing to the, the Philippians and Paul says, man, listen, thank you for partnering with me 
in the gospel. They had supplied partnership to send him to do what Paul could do as, as an apostle. And he says, um, so, so because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until all, and he, then he says in verse 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. You see, that scripture is often quoted, but it's not quoted in context. God is going to be, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. But in context to that specific scripture, he says he's talking to his partners and he says, listen, guys, thank you for your partnership in the gospel, for partnering with me, for enabling me to do what I can do in the ministry. And he says, because of that partnership in the gospel, and he says, and I'm sure of this, he who started or began that good work in you is able to finish it. And so, so no, I, I, what, it's just a strong message of partnership. And, and Nate, Nate, I believe that we are going to be partnering with you in a greater and greater degree. Um, you know, Nate is one of these awesome young guys that, that loves Jesus. He loves the gospel. He ministers the gospel as we know the gospel. We've got a number of common and, and mutual friends. And you know what? This message of the gospel that we minister is not that prevalent sometimes. It's kind of sad, but sometimes there's a bunch of churches that don't. And Nate was, <laughs> Nate was just sharing that a church that's been supporting him for a little while, he was just, he was just talking. I mean, and I, 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 I hope it's not divulging. I think it was on Facebook, so uh, I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But Nate was saying he, he posted something on Facebook about he, he signed up his son it's, uh, for a Bible, what's it, Bible study course, right? Yeah, his, his school curriculum, his homeschool curriculum, he's signing up for a Bible school curriculum. And they talk about, in this Bible school curriculum his son was doing, it's talking about, about how God uses sickness. Yeah. How God uses sickness. And now this is his Bible school curriculum, homeschool curriculum. And so Nate posted something about it on Facebook. And he said, man, this, you know, I can't, we can't do this. And, and so they, they, they took his son off that particular kind of curriculum. And he made, he made some comments about that. Well, do you know that he lost one of his supporters because he made that post? A church that supports his orphanage in, in Zambia said, look, we'll still help you with the orphanage, but we're going to stop supporting you. That's the body of Christ, people. No, I'm just saying, I, I, I want to be real practical over here because we need partners. Nate needs partners. We all need one another to get the message out here. And I'm just so grateful that Nate has stepped up and said, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to train. I'm willing to equip. Thank you. So, Nate, may you be blessed, my brother, in standing firm in the gospel. And we pray that we can, we can partner with you. So, um, so we, as you know, we're not passing buckets, but if you write out an, a check to Lake Haven for your regular tithes or offerings, thank God for you. Thank God for partnering with us too. Um, but remember, Nate, too, particularly, we always receive and we will have a separate offering at the end, and, and Pastor T will mention that. And if you, if you like to write out a check specifically to Nate, um, you can just write it out to L3. Um, and we will make sure that gets to him today. Otherwise, if we, anything filters in online or other places, we will make sure that Nate, Nate gets that anyhow. So um, Nate, Nate has been equipping us, so um, we're just going to pray for that, and I'll get, I'll get touched a little bit more. Father, we thank you for these uh, decisions that we have. We thank you that we can give towards the furtherance of your kingdom and your gospel. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us seed to sow. 
And we thank you that we surrender to that seed to sow, Father. We thank you that we are obedient to give what you've laid on our hearts to give. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Nate, Nate, on Friday night, um, as I said, I'm not going to teach the whole thing but, or, or mention the whole thing, but on Friday night, he did a course, and then on Saturday, some of us went out. I wonder if there's somebody who wants to come out and talk about what, they, what life change they personally experienced, either in the class or by going out. Is there somebody who wants to come up and share quickly? Anyone? When somebody came out here. Where's Mark? Well, you, Jen, come up. <laughs> she says I'm evil for making her come up here with me. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be up here either, but we have a we have something to share that was really cool. So um, we went to Lake Square Mall, and we um, we spoke with one of the ladies at, in the food court that was working there, and her name was Janiah, right? <laughs> okay. And um, we got to lead her to Jesus, and it was really cool. It was awesome. <laughs> it was the first person we spoke to, and we got to share the love of Jesus with her, and she was really responsive, and she we asked her if she wanted to pray, and um, I shared my testimony with her, and um, yeah, it was awesome. I thought she was maybe in her 20s or 30s. She was 16. So, so yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, we were surprised at how young she was, but um, it was awesome. And uh, we then later blessed her with a Bible. We gave her a Bible and, and got her phone number and so invited her to church too. So, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. That's so awesome. Uh, we, we, got, we got given a, a whole pallet of boxes of food. Um, first Baptist of, of uh, Mount Dora gave us a whole pallet of these boxes of refrigerated food. And, and so we were able to, and a bunch of us took, I know that, um, um, who was, Mark, where, Mark, where are you? Oh, he's, oh, he's probably, he's, he's ushering somewhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but but he, he was just telling about going to a complex and he took like five or six boxes of food and he had a bunch of, a bunch of things to share. But, but Nate has made, makes evangelism so easy. You know, we have, like, we have so many mindsets about evangelism and so much terror that strikes people's hearts when they talk about sharing. And, and that's really not what it's about. And I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more today. Nate, why don't you come on up and basically welcome Nate with us this morning. Thank you, my brother. All right. Good morning, friends. You guys all look beautiful this morning. Everyone happy to be here? Isn't it great to be able to come together and just celebrate Jesus and friends? Yeah. Well, I just had a great weekend with, with, uh, with so many of you at this eyewitness seminar. And so um, can I get a show of hands of how many attended the seminar Friday and Saturday? Wow. Man. Those of you with your hands down, you missed out. Jesus still loves you because his love is unconditional, but you missed out. <laughs> but we had a great time. And as, as Pastor Shannon touched on, uh, the, the whole purpose of, of what we, we do and, and when we do these trainings is not to shame you or guilt you into preaching the gospel, okay? Anyone here attended one of those seminars where you just leave feeling like a mediocre Christian? <laughs> a couple of you guys? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the gift of an evangelist, it can be, um, it can be catalytic and, and sometimes it can be a little bit prickly. 
And I used to be more of the prickly evangelist until I met the love of God. Amen? <laughs> and now I, I've learned that uh, love will take you farther than guilt and manipulation ever will. And so I'm just, I'm just honored and privileged to be able to share with you. I've got my beautiful daughter, Amelia, down there. She's nine years old. Come on up here, sweetie. I'm going to put her on the stabat. I know she wanted to speak into this, this thing here. So you want to say something? Did you have a good time this weekend? Yes. Yeah? Okay, what was your favorite part? Going out for ice cream. Of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Three. Don't, don't let mommy hear. All right. This, is, this was our first trip, just the two of us. So I've got a son who's 16, and he comes with me quite often, but this was our, our first daddy-daughter trip together. So, and we didn't even get to go to Disneyland. Maybe next time. Or Disney World. Which one do you guys? Disney World. Cool. Well, you guys ready for, for some of the word this morning? Um, before we get into it, I'm just going to share a couple quick stories and, and pictures. If we can run that first slide, I'll introduce you to my family. Uh, this is my, my lovely family there, my wife from Brazil, and my son and my daughter. And uh, yeah, just very privileged to be able to travel the nations as a family. Um, I'm, I'm young, I'm only 37 years old, but I started out, I left home when I was 15 years old and started, um, didn't know how to preach the gospel, but I knew how to skateboard. I was a sponsored skateboarder, and so I started going around the world, city to city, nation to nation with a team of young people, and we would set up skateboard ramps and stage and lighting and open air and in um, auditoriums, high school gyms, and we would preach the gospel, and we would skateboard. How many of you guys know God can use skateboarding? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it's been a few years. I, I figured when, when you, you start, when you slam, and it's harder and harder to get back up after slamming on a skateboard, I figured it was time to kind of turn to other things. But that's how I got into ministry and eventually started preaching the gospel, and we've been going ever since. We've had the opportunity to minister in um, over 30 nations of the world, see well over a million people recorded decisions for Christ in, in those nations. But, you know, it just, for me, it started with just saying yes to Jesus Christ. Uh, I was really nothing, nothing special, just living in a small town in Montana. But I said yes to Jesus. And so my encouragement and challenge to every young person in this room is that God is not looking for qualified people. He's looking for people that are available. Amen. Available to let him work through them. That's what it's all about. So if you're a young person and you've got a stirring in your heart... Step out, engage, you know, find a place to minister. If you're an old person, my same encouragement to you today, amen? So that's my family, and uh, here's a few, a few slides from some of our recent ministry. And Pastor Shannon mentioned going to Myanmar or Burma um, back in March and just barely getting out of the country before, before everything started to close down from this, this COVID deal. Um, and you might have seen some of these pictures, but Myanmar is a nation that I've been working in for the last three years and going back and forth several times a year. And it's a nation that up till 2010 was under a communist government, and it was incredibly difficult to openly share the gospel. And it's still very closed. But in 2010, they had a switch in government where Christianity was, was legalized in a sense. And in certain areas of the country, there is still persecution. But we've been able to go in, and it's a strong Buddhist nation. In fact, they say it's the, the highest percentage of practicing Buddhists anywhere in the world is in Myanmar. 
the highest percentage of Buddhists, monks, and priests is in Myanmar. And so we've been able to go in there and preach the gospel openly in, in uh, signs and wonder events. And the last one we did in January was in a city called Mandalay. And it's, uh, it's uh, about, 90, about 98% Buddhist. And so we actually went in and we set up stage and lighting. And we had thousands of people every single night coming out to hear the gospel. And uh, that, that girl down there, that was a Buddhist lady that came forward during one of the altar calls, gave her life to Jesus Christ, and got her very first Bible in her local language. Um, during that event, we recorded just, uh, go back just a sec, we recorded just under uh, 1,300 decisions for Jesus Christ. Many, many of those people were Buddhists who had never heard the gospel for the, f had never heard it, it was the very first time. There was one teenage girl that came forward at the altar call, and, uh, and her dad came up after her and punched her in the face, grabbed her by the hand, and dragged her off. And several of our team members intercepted him, broke him up, and they ended up ministering to the girl. And uh, um, it, was, it was really heartbreaking because you just don't know what this girl's going home to. In that culture, um, unlike Islam, they probably won't... Um, I mean, there's, there's honor killings in Islam, but they'll disown you in a Buddhist, Buddhist culture. They'll cut you off from the family inheritance. You won't be able to get a job or an education. So it, it's, it's, it's real serious to be a Christian, something that most of us have never experienced here in America. <laughs> Hopefully we never do, but I have a feeling that things are definitely changing. And there's a, a polarity taking place where those that truly know Jesus Christ are going to get hotter, and those that are just playing church are going to get colder and colder and eventually eventually drop off so uh, the other picture there was my wife sharing at a woman's gathering a conference for women that we did because we believe in empowering women amen, amen. i know pastor corn doesn't believe in this but uh <laughs> but women can preach the gospel just as good as any man and so that was them empowering him the picture up at the top that was actually in march when pastor shannon was with us and that those were sound systems that this church actually contributed towards i don't know if you knew that but this church contributed towards 57 sound units that we purchased and got into the hands of believers and just a few days ago i received some testimonies and pictures from myanmar of these men and women using those sound systems out in villages to preach the gospel Man, so that, for me, that's, that's the icing on the cake right there. That is multiplication. That is success. When someone that you can help equip, they will take the gospel so much farther than I'll ever be able to go. That's, that's multiplication. So that's Myanmar. We also have been working for many years. Actually, next year is going to be 10 years that we've been working actively in the nation of Zambia and Tanzania. And go ahead and flip to the next slide. And we've been doing open-air crusades like these ones here. Um, this was several years ago in Tanzania, or they say Tanzania. And, and we just see miracles. And this is a church, you guys don't believe in miracles, do you? Yeah. <laughs> now, I tell people all the time, miracles, is, it's not the, the greatest, the greatest uh, you know, a physical healing is not the greatest miracle. You know, we've got to put our priorities on salvation. You know, um, the, the, the salvation, being born again, born out of spiritual death, there's nothing that can compare. But a good miracle is pretty awesome too, <laughs> amen? And biblical New Testament evangelism was always with signs and wonders. And so on our, our events, we don't necessarily advertise the latest Christian fads or bands. Um, in Africa, our advertisement is to bring the blind, the deaf, and the demon-possessed. 
And so people come expecting to receive from God. Um, in the, the corner down there, this, there was a, a, a young woman who had been deaf and mute for 30 years. To me, she didn't look much over 30. So my, my assumption was she was probably born that way. And she was healed without even us laying hands on her. She was healed out in the crowd when we, we did a mass prayer for healing after preaching the gospel. And uh, she came up on stage um, and showed everyone that she could now hear and she was beginning to form words. The, the older woman there with my wife, that was a woman that ha had her eyesight restored. And these are just miracles and that, that we see all the time. Uh, um, we see them around the world, but in Africa, they have no plan B, and so they just come expecting to receive. And so I know there's, there's several of you that have signed up to come to Africa next year. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't happen this year, but it is happening next June. So if you're interested in that, you talk with your, your pastors. Awesome. But, uh, you know, last, last slide here before we get into the message this morning. Um, this is our home of hope, which is um, the, the, the first and only of its kind in the northern province area where we're working in Zambia. And in 2012, we started Home of Hope Orphanage that is, is filling a need. There is, there is no orphanages there. And so the government acknowledges us basically as the only hope for these children. And so presently we have about 50 children. It fluctuates between 48 and 54 kids. Some of them end up getting transferred on to a family member. But that is uh, the picture at the top is the school that we've just built right before or right behind Home of Hope Orphanage. And last time I was here, I don't know if you remember, but we were just starting the building on this. And that's what it looks like. We've just raised the last bit of money that we needed. We had, we had a, a bunch of our materials got stolen um, during this, ep this uh, pandemic. People begin to steal things. But um, God's provided, and, and we're, we're set to open here in just a couple weeks. Um, this is one, one of our children, yeah. Now, this little girl in the picture, two weeks ago when I was, I was driving to Tennessee for some meetings, I got a, a text from our director in Africa with, with a picture of this child, and this is the newest member of Home of Hope. Um, she was about three months old, and they found her thrown out in a bush outside of town, just abandoned. And so someone found her that took her to the medical clinic, and the medical clinic um, nursed her back to health and then brought her to Home of Hope. And so she is the newest member of our family there, and they gave her the name Favor. Because God is, is, is reversing what, what the enemy meant for evil. God is turning around for good. So please keep our, our teams in Africa and around the world in prayer, our family in prayer. And we just th are so grateful for churches around the U.S. that work with us, that partner with us, and that pray for us. So you guys are one of them. Thank you. Amen. All right. Say, I'm ready. So we just had a blast over this last three days here. And uh, I'm just going to continue to build on what we've, we've talked about. And the whole, the whole uh, message that we're trying to get out is that ministry, outreach, evangelism, discipleship, it's not for the select few. Everyone who is a believer, and I emphasize a believer, not just necessarily a Christian, because the Bible never called us Christians. He, God never called us Christians. He called us believers. He called us sons. He called us disciples. And a disciple is someone who follows Jesus Christ, who is a learner, a disciple, someone who's willing to surrender their own view and opinion of life and how it should be done for God's. That's what a disciple is. And so every believer in Jesus Christ is called to do two things. 
Do you guys remember what we talked about? Every believer is called to do what? Yeah, to be a witness. To be a witness. Uh, and a witness is someone that brings evidence forth to the world that Jesus is alive. And, a, and, a, and a, every believer is also called to make disciples. We talked about in the Bible, there's no separation of evangelism and discipleship. You don't just get them converted and go into heaven. You make disciples. Now, obviously, there's different gifts in the body of Christ, but we're all called to do those things. We also talked about that this, this whole thing, this whole realm of ministry, it really must become a lifestyle. And the dictionary definition of a lifestyle, it's a set of habits or attitudes that directs or controls or dictates our lives. It's habits and attitudes that motivates our lives. And so ministry, it's something that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be ministers of the gospel. Not do. Not it's Thursday night, outreach night, let's go hit the streets. And I believe because of the times and the seasons we are living in. Anyone ever flip on the news or get on your phone and are just like blown away? Every day it seems like there's something new. It is, it is just wild out there. Every day there, there is just shakings going on across America like I've never seen in my lifetime. And everyone that's, that's older than me says they haven't seen this before. We are living in incredible times. And you know, according to the Bible, it's not, just gonna, uh, it's not necessarily going to get just better and better. Now, the Bible does give us hope that at the same time, there's going to be glory, there's going to be awakening, there's going to be revival, there's going to be just uh, the power of God demonstrated like never before. But yet, evil is going to get darker and light is going to get brighter. And it is absolutely essential that as believers, we are ready for the times that lie ahead. Because let me tell you, and I said this yesterday, there is going to be thousands of dis disillusioned people, hopeless people, that are going to be coming to you asking for the solution. Right. Now, whether Trump's elected or Biden's elected, you know what? The kingdom of God goes on. Amen? Amen? But let me tell you, either way, this upcoming election, there is going to be thousands of very hurting, very confused people. There is Christians that already believe God let them down because they're looking to a politician to meet the need only God can meet. But as believers, we have the solution, guys. We have the solution, and it's not in a political party. Now, obviously, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very right, I'm very conservative in my political beliefs, but the Republican Party is not going to save America. It's God's values and principles, God's wisdom... God's perspective that we need to take. And we need to have it more than ever. We need to hear the voice of God. We want to know what God's saying for us as a family. You know, as families out there, you need to hear what God's saying for you and your family. And then you need to know the bigger vision of the community of believers that you're a part of and how you fit into that. I was so encouraged this weekend to hear stories of people going out with a box of food. And we know that the felt need opens the door for the real need. But it's hard for someone to hear about Jesus when they got a hungry stomach. And so, man, wasn't it easy to go out with a box of food and then share Jesus? Yeah, it was encouraging. We saw people healed. We saw several people pray to accept Jesus Christ, including a young man out in the parking lot here who rode by on a bike. 
Opportunities abound, but we've just got to see them. Amen? So what I, what I, 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 I topic, the topic, the title I gave for this message was a foundation for a lifestyle of ministry. And uh, I want to look at a few scriptures this morning. I know we've already used up a bit of my time, but uh, I want to get into some of this. And I want, I want to look at the example that Jesus gave us. How many of you know that Jesus gave us a pretty good example? Example to follow. And sometimes it's easy to think, well, that was Jesus, this is me. But we've got to understand that everything you read about in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everything you read about Jesus doing, teaching, performing, every miracle, every act of compassion, he didn't do it as God, he did it as man. That is absolutely 101 essential Christianity. Are you tracking with me? Every miracle Jesus did, he did it as a man who allowed the Holy Spirit to live and move and have his being in him. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says it. Philippians chapter 2 is a good one to go to. It says that he laid aside royalty, took the nature of a servant. He came in the, in the very appearance of a man and he humbled himself and became obedient to God. That's Jesus. Jesus took on the nature and the attitude of a man so that he could show us what we can do when we allow the nature of God to fill us up. And if Jesus did it as a man, you know what that does? That gives you and me hope that we can live a victorious life. We can live in the miraculous. We can experience the power of God. In Luke chapter 8, starting around verse 22, I want to I highlight a few things to, to hit home this point in in Luke 8:22 it says now it happens on a certain day say certain day you know i've read the book of luke just who knows how many times but one day it's really stood out that all the the events that took place after this happened on a certain day this was a day in the life of jesus and it says a certain day it wasn't a special day it was just a normal day with jesus now it happened on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples and he said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. Don't you guys love Jesus? <laughs> Remember, the man, the man Jesus. He needed a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is have a nap. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him, and Jesus is still sleeping, and they awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he arose, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a great calm, and he said, where is your faith? Or in what is your faith? Where are you putting your faith, basically? And they were afraid, and they marveled, and they said to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And they sailed on to the, to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And we know what, what takes place next. As Jesus comes out on the shores of, of, the, of that area, there's a demon-possessed man that confronts him, raging mad, totally naked. And what does Jesus do? Well, he commands the demons to leave. And they don't leave. They talk back. <laughs> Interesting, huh? 
And so he negotiates a trade. He says, why don't you hop into those, those swine over there? They jump in the swine, run down, and get drowned in the lake. And, uh, and then the people come up and actually ask Jesus to leave. And this man is standing there who had moments before been absolutely demon-possessed. And he says, Lord, I want to go with you. And Jesus says, well, first he closed him. And then he says, you go back and you tell your friends and family how good God's been to you. So then we know... And what, I want you, what I'm trying to get you guys to see is this is a life, a day in the life of J.C., day in the life of Jesus Christ. Calms a storm, goes across the lake, casts out a demon, gets back in the boat because the people reject him and ask him to leave. You know, God will never force himself upon us. Jesus won't either. So he listens to them, goes back across the lake, and then a man comes to him saying, come and help my daughter who is dying. And as he goes tells us that there's a woman there with an issue of blood who's unclean, who's overlooked, who's considered dirty, and according to the old covenant law, she was not allowed to be around a crowd, but she pushes through the crowd, touches the edge of his garment, immediately is healed, and Jesus looks around and says, who healed me or who touched me? That's another sign that Jesus was a man. I don't think he just needed to find out I don't think he just needed that woman to come out in the open and say, it was me. I think he really needed and wanted to know who touched him. But he's, she receives healing. He says, go on your way in peace. And then he goes in and he raises a child from the dead. One day in the life of Jesus. He demonstrated authority over the storm, over the circumstances of this life. Now note, Jesus didn't say, just embrace the storm. Just, you know, just embrace the storms of life. God, is, God is, is teaching you. He's training you. He's equipping you. He's using these things. He took authority over the storm. Anything that destroys people does not come from our, our good heavenly father. It is not an act of God. So he calms the storm. He casts out the demon. He heals the sick woman. And he raises the dead. He shows God's power and authority over nature, over the demonic realm, over sicknesses and disease, and even over death all in the same day. Come on, somebody. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Now, we just follow it on. How many of you guys know that there wasn't chapter and verses in the Bible when it was written? So what do we have the next verse? 9, verse 1, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Are you seeing the parallel? Are you seeing what's happening? He shows them, Jesus demonstrated to them the power and authority that God has and how he works through a human being. Over sickness, disease, death, the demonic, over nature. And then he calls his 12 and he says, I give you this same power and authority. Now, what is authority? Authority is the right and privilege to use the power of God. Now, that power doesn't originate with us, but God gives us the power or the right or the jurisdiction to use that power. That's what he meant when he said, in my name, you're going to do these things. That's the power of attorney. The first house I bought. I was out of the country, and so I gave my parents a legal document called the power of attorney so that they could make decisions in my name while I was gone. That's what God did to us when he said, use the name of Jesus to do these things. 
We have the power or the authority to use the power of God. And it's, it's, he says it's to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, how did Jesus discover who he was? How did he discover his identity? How did he discover his purpose? And oftentimes we think that Jesus came out of the womb speaking in tongues and singing hallelujah. But I don't think that was the case. I believe Jesus came out of the womb crying as a little baby. And he grew up, and the Bible says that he grew in stature, in wisdom, and favor. Jesus had to learn. I believe sometime, probably in his, his maybe when he was seven, eight, nine years old, Mary began to plant seeds. Jesus, you're, re you're, re you're really the son of God. And I'm sure it took him a while to wrap his head around that. Can you imagine that? Jesus had to discover his identity. You know, several of the keys that we find in Scripture is when he actually stayed behind in, in Jerusalem when his parents went up for the feast. He was 12 years old, and when they came back and finally found him, do you remember what he was doing? He was having a theological debate with the scribes and Pharisees. And Mary comes and says, Jesus... Why did you do this? And he said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Twelve years old, Jesus had this awareness that God was his father and there was a purpose to his life. Man, that, that gets me excited. You know, we get another clue in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. When Jesus started his ministry, he went into the synagogue in Nazareth. And it says, as his custom was, they brought him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah and he proceeded to read Isaiah 61, which says, The Spirit of the Sovereign God, or the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. But it, before that, it says, As his custom was. Jesus had a custom to go to the Scriptures to find out who he was. If you want to find out who you are, you know where you go? You go to the Word. Go to the Scripture. T.L. Osborne used to say, Everything that Jesus said about himself, you can say about yourself, because you're a child of God. Wow, took me a while to wrap my head around that. Jesus had a custom to go to the scriptures to find out who he was and who his father was. I remember in, in 1996, December, I had a powerful encounter with Jesus Christ. And I, was, I believe I was born again before that, but I was running from God, didn't have a relationship with him. Um, I just was trying to find value and identity in skateboarding at the time and that could be whatever it is for anyone and that night in the mountains of montana the power of god came upon me knocked me to the ground and i just received wave after wave of god's love and when i got up from the ground something had shifted in my heart and i really wanted to be a follower of jesus but something that had to had to be renewed and it was called my mind and what i began doing was every morning before I would, I would go to school, go to high school, I would get up and I would spend time in the Word of God. And I would start by an hour, and an hour wasn't enough, and then it would become two hours. And I would just read and meditate and think on the Word of God. And I developed a lifestyle, which is what? A habit and an attitude of going to the Word. And that's something I have continued to this day, 24 years later. Spending time with Jesus in the Word on a daily basis. And I don't do it to get anything from God. I don't do it to twist God's arm. I do it because I want to know my Father. You guys tracking with me today? Kids, you tracking with me? 
You know, the greatest battle that we are going to face in life is the battle for our identity, and it's to believe what God says about us. And so what we're talking about today is that foundation for a lifestyle of ministry, for a lifetime of ministry. It starts with establishing yourself in what God says about you. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus went down to the Jordan to be baptized. How many of you guys remember that? And as he went to be baptized, three things happened. He went under the water. He was baptized in water. And that has to do with our relationship with God. That was, that was a vertical consecration. And then as he came out of the water, the Spirit of God came upon him, right? And that has to do with our outward ministry to the world. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the world, not so you can just pray in tongues, dance around the church, and feel good. But the third thing we often miss, and a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Now that was the Father's ministry to him. There was a baptism in water, a baptism in the Spirit, and then the baptism of identity or love. And that's what established Jesus to go where he went and did what he did. You got to remember that Jesus, this took place in Jesus' life before he did any ministry. The next verse says that Jesus began his ministry at 30 years of age. But what launched him into his life, his three years, that's all Jesus ministered, was three years. What empowered him for the rejection, the betrayal, for his friends, his closest friends to turn on him, for his own people to betray and crucify him. What empowered him was that love of God, that declaration of the love of God, where his identity became so established in what God said about him that he was immovable. Are you immovable? In the days and times ahead, you've got to be immovable in what God says about you. To go out and do ministry, you have to be immovable in what your identity is. And your identity is not found in your family, in your culture, in your upbringing, in your money, in your performance, or even in your church. It's found in Jesus Christ. Your identity must be established. That must be the foundation. Now, there's three things that this declaration, remember, God the Father, he declared, this is my beloved son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. There's three things I just quickly want to touch on that this reveals. The first thing, it was a revelation of security as a child of God. Now, insecurity is one of the most, the, those deadly detrimental things in a person's life. An insecure person, they will use people to get themselves ahead. And if you are secure in the Father's love, then no, no matter what takes place, you're going to come out ahead. You're going to come out on top. Now, we talked about how fear, on Friday night, we talked about how fear is one of those great belief systems, the beliefs of our heart that limit us from a life of ministry. Fear of man, fear of what people think, fear of rejection, fear of being rejected for sharing the gospel, fear of God, an unhealthy fear of God. What's the antidote? Be secure as a child of God. What will set you free from Fear is security as God's child. 
Knowing the love of God makes you secure. It shows you who you are and the rights and privileges you have. Now, my wife got her citizenship um, two years ago. She's from Brazil. She got her U.S. citizenship after many years. We just went ahead and did it. And you know what? When we travel internationally, we w- whenever you come back into America, if you have a foreign passport, you know what they do? They stamp it and they say, welcome to America, and you go through. You know what they do when you've got a U.S. passport? They say, welcome home. Minor difference, but so many people are trying to enter the kingdom of God on a foreign passport when God says, if you're in the kingdom, you're my son. He says, welcome home. That identity, there's something about that identity of being a a U.S. citizen that gives you these rights and privileges that you don't have outside of it. Think about being a secure child of God, the rights and privileges and security you have. Now, if we get into trouble overseas on that Brazilian passport, I always thought about this. I was thinking, man, the the Brazilian government sure ain't going to come and pull you out of a prison in Pakistan. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) But most likely the U.S. would. We have a great nation. I don't worship the United States, but I am so grateful for the United States, for the influence it has. But that security, that security as a child of God, it gives us rights and privileges that the rest of the world doesn't have. It gives us security. Now, the second thing, that that declaration, this is my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased, it shows us the father's approval, his unconditional love. So many people are working for approval, not from approval. I used to be one of them. And those of us in ministry, it's easy to work for approval. Man, you got those men and women of God that you're trying. You're just wanting their approval. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to please people, right? But it becomes wrong when it becomes the basis for our value and self-worth. It becomes wrong when it becomes our motivator and what controls us from loving and speaking the truth. So that declaration for Jesus, remember, this is Jesus, the man. He received the Father's approval. The approval before he did anything right or wrong. And, you know, I I grew up with with a father that was a good father. I knew he loved me, but he didn't know how to share his approval and love. And so for years, I actually transferred that into my relationship with God. I'm sure some of you guys can relate. But it wasn't until I could receive God's approval and unconditional love as I was, not the way I should be, that it really transformed my life. Not that I've got it all figured out, but but I'm moving forward. Amen? Amen. So, And this approval, it's based on the finished work of Christ. It's not based on us achieving it or earning it. It's about receiving it. Man, finished work. And the third thing that this, this, this revelation for Jesus did, it was a revelation of favor. Jesus lived with this sense of purpose, this sense of identity, and this sense of favor. For a while, for, on several trips, my dad actually tra- uh, traveled with me to a couple different places. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, he once said, he, sa- he said, you know, I realize that when I travel with you, good things happen. <laughs> Now, he wasn't, he wasn't a believer. And I said, well, you, you know, that's, that's, I, I expect good things to happen to me. I don't expect bad things. I expect 
upgrades. And I, I expect, and not just for me, but to be able to bless people. Jesus could live with this, this, this understanding of God's favor. And what, think of it, what happened when Jesus needed to pay his temple tax? He told Peter, go down, throw a line in the water, take up a fish, and there's going to be some silver coins in there, both for you and me. That's a good deal. Man, fish were spitting up silver for Jesus and Peter. I could take some of that. You know what I'm saying? Only thing better than silver would be gold. <laughs> Now, what happened? Jesus was out in the wilderness with 5,000 men, not including the women and children. And what did he do? The Bible says that he actually looked up to the Father. In the original language, it says he regained sight or he changed his perspective. Jesus had to look up. We need to look up. We need to take our eyes off ourselves and our belly buttons and look up. Look up and then look out. Jesus looked up, got the Father's perspective multiplied the fish and the loaves, fed 5,000 men, possibly 15,000, 20,000 people with the women and children. Favor. Favor. Now that favor doesn't say we're going to get out of persecution, okay? <laughs> and actually the Bible says that there will be persecutions, and I believe there's going to be even more. But even in the midst of what lies ahead, guys, we can live with this perspective of purpose because we know the Father's love. This is the foundation. Everything in your life as a believer must be built on this foundation of Christ's love and the finished work of the cross. If it doesn't have that foundation, go back and lay that foundation again. Now, I worked as a contractor and I could walk into a house and I could immediately tell if there was a problem down below in the foundation. You got creaky floors. You've got walls that are indoors that are, are not plumb, windows that don't shut. So these are signs that there's a problem down below, even if everything looks good up here. If you haven't taken the time to lay that foundation of God's love, go back. Go back to the cross. Go back to the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. Go back to your, your identity as a dearly loved child of God and get that part straight. Get it right. Get it solid. And then build on top of that. Because the world is waiting for messengers, joyful messengers of good news. There's a lot of bad news out there. There's a lot of people preaching judgment. I was flipping through Facebook the other day saying how America is rushing towards judgment. Now we might be rushing towards judgment, but it's not God's judgment. It's the consequences of pushing God out of a nation, but it's not God. Does there need to be repentance? Yes, but biblical repentance, changing your mind, changing your beliefs, and in turn changing your life. Does this nation need to come back to God? Absolutely. But God is good. God is always our help in time of need. He's not the one punishing us and blessing us. He's not crazy. He is good. And you know, I'm gonna, I want to tie things up today, and there may, be, there may be people here today that have never really surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. I don't know if there's new people here today, or if, if there's, there's people that really have, that you don't know that you know that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. I'm going to give you that opportunity. You know, as I, I said before, it was 24 years ago when I gave the keys to the car and I took the passenger seat to Jesus Christ. And I said, Lord, you be the Lord and master of my life. I don't have this all figured out. I'm not a perfect person, but I'm coming to you as I am.
be my Lord and Savior. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you come to Jesus, he will never push you away. And so if, I just want to ask every, every person here to just to close your eyes and think about your life. And you know, I'm not going to guilt or shame you into making a decision. And, and uh, maybe you're a believer and you just need a good, uh, a good kick in the pants and the fire of God to come upon you. <laughs> you can do that. But if there's someone here today that's never really made that decision, or maybe you did as a child and you've walked away, or maybe you're just not sure, you can't remember a time where Jesus became the Lord of your life. I just want to ask you right here, right now, boldly to put your hand up and say, that's me. I want to know for sure. Anyone here that needs Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, put your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you, but it's time to make a choice. It could, it could be children here that have never done that. Maybe you've never put it, heard it put clearly like that. Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, awesome. Now I want to ask everyone here to, to pray with me. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I surrender my entire life. Every area of my heart I give to you. I believe you died in my place. You became me. You suffered for me. You became my sin. And you rose from the dead. You stripped the devil of his power to accuse me. And now I'm forgiven. I am righteous. And I am a child of God. I choose to follow you, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Give God a big round of applause, guys. Yeah. And now I want to pray over you today. I know that this is a church full of disciples, amen? Not just converts, not just Christians, but believers and disciples. And so I want to commission everyone here today to share and show the gospel of the kingdom. To demonstrate God's love in a hurting world because that's what people need. To make disciples, not in here, but out there where people are. So I want to just ask everyone here to stand to your feet. And I can feel God's presence here. He's always here, but he is working. Amen? Amen. I can feel that fire. Just put your hands up like you are receiving from God today. And just expect something to take place in your life. Bible says, out from within will flow rivers of living water. And so I just believe right now, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and power, if you've never allowed what's in you to come out with new tongues, with new boldness, then right now something is going to take place and you're going to feel like, like there is a, a, a well inside of you being released. Amen? So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I release what's inside of them. I speak a release in the name of Jesus. I break fear off in the name of Jesus. Every lying, accusing voice we silence. And I thank you right now, God, that you are filling every person here to overflowing. Just take a big breath and receive what God's got for you this morning. I thank you, Father, for a release of vision. Of a release of ministry and perspective, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for creative ideas to bring forth wealth for the kingdom. And God, I thank you right now that this is a church that is demonstrating the kingdom of God. 
You know, look at your hand and say, these hands heal the sick. <laughs> say, I am a proclaimer of the gospel. I share good news. People are drawn to me because I know the solution. I will be silent no longer. I will not be a coward. I am a child of God. I am full of boldness and faith. I am full of wisdom in the Holy Spirit. Here I am, Lord. Send me Jesus. I will go where you tell me to go. And I will speak up. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, you, brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give my man Nate a hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank God for the man of God and for him yielding to the spirit of God. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Go ahead and take your seats for a brief moment. For a brief moment. We want to be a tremendous blessing to him. Um, I just thank God for the work that he's doing. And uh, he's not, a, doesn't seem to me like the type to boast, but it's, I just appreciate him giving a testimony to the glory of God, to what God's using his ministry to do. And, uh, you know, it makes me think often in reference to what Paul said to the Philippians in the scripture that we reread often, and it's, and it's true. It's the word of God, and most of us have read it, and my God shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you know what's also tremendous about that is that Paul said before that that they gave once and again. They gave once and again. And this is an opportunity to give again. Amen. To what God is doing through the ministry with Nate Tanner and uh, L3 International. And then Paul, I think he also went on to say that it was a sweet-smelling savor, well-pleasing to God. Amen. So that went up to the nostrils of God when they gave. Amen. It was sweet-smelling to him. So we're going to give a sweet-smelling offering. Amen. <laughs> I like the way that sounds. And it's well-pleasing to God. And it's towards the kingdom of God. And so that's so important. We, it's so important that when we give, that we give based on the word. We just don't throw money out. We just give based on the word of God. And it is based on the word of God as we prepare to give. So you do, if you do write out a check, go ahead and write it out to Lake Haven Church. But put on the envelope, Nate Tanner, Okay. Make sure you specifically put on the envelope, Nate Tanner, but write the check out to Lake Haven Church. We will make sure that he get it. But, uh, but um, let's bless the man of God. Let's bless the ministry that God has placed in the man. And um, I've, I tell you, it's been such a blessing to me. I, I've been able to go, you know, to all three of the meetings together from Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday uh, afternoon. It was just I got some deposits as I was sharing with him this morning, and um, I just thank God for the opportunity to be uh, deposited into with the gift that God's given him. Yeah. Amen. And so he's a blessing to our ministry, to Lake Haven Church, and so we're going to in turn be a blessing. 
Likewise. Amen. Go ahead. Before, before you close, Pastor yes. T, um, Mr. Nola's got a, a short, you've got a something, right, Mr. Nola? Won't you come up, please? We do want to hear um, when we have a prophetic word. So, so just let's hear what um, the Lord has for us. I know Ms. Nola hears the Lord. I am so honored for one thing, but I, I just I just want you to know that this weekend was not by chance. At the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I wanted a word about C, and I wanted it to be different from any other prophetic word that was being heard. I know 2020 vision, we've got all that, but I heard the Lord say to me, um, even today on the way when I was coming in, oh, <laughs> um, the Lord said that um, through you, Nate, and you even spoke it yourself as the slides were going through. I heard the word providence. And he said, you carry the fragrance of providence. And I didn't even know what providence meant. So I sat back there and I looked it up. And then I looked up about Rhode Island and the, and it, because the providence of Rhode Island. And I don't know, but you guys just need to look it up. But I heard the Lord loudly say, you have to give this word. So I wanted to go through the proper chains and to do it right, right? We got to do things right and keep things decently in, in an order, but in God's order, not man's order, but God's order. And he will make a way and he'll make a way for your gift to be also be heard that he's given you because he has established the word within you, Nate, and within your family. And everywhere you go and everything that you do, you're going to bring providence. And I heard the word provident come out of your mouth about the, um, the hope, the place of hope in Africa. Africa has a lot to do with Rhode Island. So I'm telling you right now, guys, God has released the fragrance of providence and it is not by chance that he released those two fragrances today in the earth for the body of Christ that you have been released, not by chance, but it's time to take a new chance in him, says the Lord. So I declare and decree a new day, a new chance, a new day in evangelism. See that God has not opened a door for you and for us that no man can shut. Evangelism from, from this year forth will be like no other, says the Lord, and they will come in by the millions, says God. So think and not strange that by chance he chose you as you chose him. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Nona. Thank you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for his word. And that's what I was sharing with Nate also that really stuck with me. I've heard the term before, lifestyle evangelism, but uh, it just dropped over these past couple days. That it's a lifestyle. It's not something that you just do this day, that day. No, just always be seeking to be uh, a witness for Christ, a minister for Christ. So praise the Lord. So we're excited about what God is doing and um, what God is doing here and what God is doing through Nate. So once again, uh, if you do write out a check, write the check out to Lake Haven Church and make sure you put on the envelope, uh, Nate Tanner, and we'll make sure he get that. Amen. So let's go ahead and agree together and pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing through 
uh, L3 Ministries, and we just, International, and uh, we just thank you that your hand is upon him. Thank you for, for what I was sharing with Pastor Shannon this morning for a contagious effect. I just thank you for that. It had become contagious that it won't be just a one-time moment thing, that it'll spread in Jesus' name. What happened not just this morning, but over the past couple days. And we just thank you that this seed is being sown into good ground. Amen. And it's multiplied in his ministry, Lake Haven Church, in our lives. Amen. Amen. So we will not be passing the uh, buckets, but uh, just drop it in the box on the door on your way out. Yes, sir. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Books. That's right. I was thinking about that, too. So thanks for reminding me. I'm not sure if there's any left because they're, they're hot. So people got them while they were hot. But on your way out, just check the book. There's a table back there that's set up that had some of his books or still may have some of his books on it. So uh, just go ahead and check that out on your way out. And, uh, of course, we have Keith and Sue up here, so if you're, you're in need of prayer, and those that prayed, you may have prayed with Nate uh, watching online, text the word prayer to the number that's on your screen so we can uh, connect with you and, uh, and give you farther information. But if those that are here, you have something on your heart or something that you're burdened with that you just want to pray about, uh, want someone to pray with you, just come up here and allow uh, Keith and Sue and uh, Roberto and one of our prayer members to pray with you. Uh, it's no need to be bound. Amen. Go ahead and stand up. It's no need to be bound. We have no need to be bound. Uh, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, you're free. And it's about time that we take a part of that freedom <laughs> and enjoy the freedom that we have in Jesus. So as we get ready to go, let's just lift our hands and just thank the Lord that we're healthy, we're free, we're prosperous. And uh, his hand is on our life. Father, we just give you glory and praise as, as we go on for the rest of our day and for the rest of this week that you're always with us, you lead us, you guide us, and you direct us, not just to week that you're always with us, you lead us, you guide us, and you direct us, not just to prosperity, healing, and health, but to souls, to minister to people, to introduce you, Jesus, to people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.